You're listening to a curated podcast from the Beyond Infinity radio program broadcast live on Tuesdays from 11am from our Mornington studios in Victoria, Australia. Presented by me, Piers Cunningham. And me, John Young. Back on January the 6th, 2018, the board of directors from Jhana Partners and the California State Teachers Retirement System. They've written this open letter to Apple. The theme is essentially that... Apple, as the original inventor of smartphones with the iPhone 11 years ago now, changed the world. Both of them are big early investors in Apple shares. Collectively, they approximately own $2 billion in value of shares of Apple Inc. Just a bit of background on on Jana Partners. It's an investment manager specializing in event-driven investing, founded in 2001 by Barry Rosenstein and the California State Teachers Retirement System with a portfolio valued at $219 billion as of October the 31st last year, 2017, is the largest educator-only pension fund in the world. As I mentioned, one of their big investments has been in Apple. One of the things that Apple likes to pride itself mm-hmm. doing, it's one of their little catchphrases, let's change the world. Mm-hmm. There's no question that the iPhone has changed the world and the other phones that have followed on it, whether it's Android-based phones or Nokia phones or Microsoft phones, they have really changed the world in the sense that people have them very close to their person. I think there was some ridiculous figure that in the developed world, over 90% of people keep their phone within three feet of their person turned on 24 hours a day, 365 yeah. days a year. So they're very, very popular. Mm-hmm. Some would even say they're a addictive. The thrust of this letter was that Apple, as a key technology company, it had a responsibility to manage the effect that these devices have on children and to kind of lead, Developing minds, lead, lead yeah. the industry yeah. in a way. Because some of the figures that came out about the amount of time that uh, kids are spending on their phones, I think they're getting them in America, they're getting them as young as 10 years old and they're spending four and a half hours on it that's excluding texting and talking 78 percent of teens check their phones at least hourly and 50 percent report feeling quote addicted to their phones and this is happening in the classroom as well it's we're not talking just outside of school hours the phones that these kids have they're actually taking into the classroom absolutely and, and therefore that's becoming a distraction for teachers as well and this is something i mean this is a worldwide issue really and it's something that i know is being debated in australia they're mm-hmm. looking at, at regulations around whether kids you know should be allowed to have their phones at school and in classes because mm-hmm. at the moment they are allowed to yeah although i um, survived fine without a mobile phone at school so yeah. oh, i know times have changed <laughs> yeah exactly but you do wonder about the impact and just quoting from this open letter from Jana partners and the california state teachers retirement system it would defy common sense to argue that this level of usage by children whose brains are still developing is not having at least some impact or that the maker of such a powerful product has no role to play in helping parents to ensure it is being used optimally Mm. now apple has responded to this and look it's i suppose it's what you'd expect but they have touted their efforts to look after the interests of both kids and parents within the apple ecosystem so they're kind of they're they're not taking responsibility for what happens on android Mm -hmm. or other systems Mm -hmm. they are saying that there are built-in controls in ios in their operating system for mobile devices that enable parents to control and restrict content including apps movies websites songs and books there's a thing called restrictions i've got an ipad at home that our child is Mm -hmm. often on yes and on 
that I've got restrictions and, and really they're just really to save my skin than hers. Yeah. For example, not allowing in-app purchases. Of course. Where you can wind up getting absolutely slaughtered. Mm-hmm. Uh, a young child is going to have no compunction and just going, yeah, I'll have that. That looks oh, great. I, I Give me that. It. I have to have it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, want, I want to have that so that I can do that. Yep. Bang, that'll only cost you $10. There are things that you can do in the way of restrictions where you can you can put in a, a thing that, that only allows content that's recommended for up to the age of 17 or you can even specify younger. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the effects that that has if you ha- enable that restriction and the whole restrictions menu, by the way, is password protected and mm-hmm. that can be different to the, the passcode that locks the phone or secures the phone from startup. Mm-hmm. The restriction, if you have that enabled for, say, content up to the age of 17 then suddenly youtube disappears off your screen mm. and then if there's other people using it you don't necessarily want to go into restrictions every time to change the restrictions of to course. allow you to use it so in practice there are restrictions there but depending on the family situation they may not be on all the time and i imagine it's a bit of a rock and a hard place because on the one hand i look at it that it should be the responsibility of the parents to monitor what their kids are doing on sure. the device yep. but with the changes in technology that happens so rapidly some of the kids are far better versed at the smartphone technology than some of the parents. So how do parents police that if they actually don't understand what's happening on the device, they think that they've got something turned on whereas in actual fact it's easy to turn off. Mm. Then if you look at the other side of the coin, well maybe these tech companies such as Apple and and Samsung and then the other Android platforms should look at ways to build in a platform to not only monitor but restrict access To me, it should come down to education. So maybe that's in a school environment about what is healthy use, what is appropriate to do, Mm. you know, things like not buying microtransactions uh, Mm. through games. That's a whole education platform there that as soon as you've got the teaching platform set up, then all of a sudden it can change at the drop of a hat. I think people are even saying that they are concerned these devices are so compelling that even education struggles you know you can you can teach people you can say to them look exposure to the blue light from that phone is going to is going to harm your your chances of sleeping well that it might be bad for your posture to be sitting in a kind of crouched position whatever while you're looking at this that you could be gaining so much more in terms of mental development from reading a book mm-hmm. or going and playing outside in the park you know doing something energetic and outdoors and and active the reality is, and I just think I've seen this too often in, in all sorts of children from all ages and all sort of backgrounds, is that the device, the appeal is so great yeah. that, that it overrides any of those sort of warnings. Mm-hmm. So I think that what this open letter is trying to get Apple to do is to sort of, is to actually override, take more control yeah. of the, the device. Like it's almost like, okay, you've had your quota, the, the device shuts down, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Yep. Or sorry, it's disabled its connection to the internet. You can now only use it as a, as a phone mm-hmm. for emergency phone calls or something. Mm-hmm. Go back to the well, kind of traditional it, use. It, it would be good to see some kind of parent approval so for example an app that let's say the parent has to authorize certain activities so if the kids on their device and they've got uh, let's say assume they've got full access to that device what should happen is that should route then through the parent's device so if they decide they want to make a purchase in a game then their notification should come up on the parent's phone who is the one that's going to essentially be paying for this anyway and then they can authorize or not authorize that transaction Mm. or if it's a, a site which might be questionable content then the access to that site again should be no 
notified through. So I guess in one way, that's allowing the, the child some responsibility in terms of what they can access, mm. but then also putting on a, an alert to say, well, hang on, we're not sure about this. The parent should be involved and then make the Absolutely. Decision. And yeah. look, it depends a lot on the age of the child. Can you reasonably expect a 15-year-old to not have pretty much open access to YouTube? The answer is probably not. Mm-hmm. You know, their peers will all have it. But with restrictions on iOS, you can literally go through your whole list of, of applications and just tick them off the ones that you don't want them to run. So mm-hmm. you may not want them to have access to Safari. You don't want them browsing the internet sure. because of all the different kinds of content that's yeah. out there. Or chat you can, rooms, which you could, could be... Exactly. Yeah. You, can, you can restrict. You can just turn off social media. You can turn off browsing. You can turn off YouTube. You can only allow t- uh, access to YouTube Kids, mm-hmm. which is a special separate application you can load onto your device. And that's designed for kids with, with generally uh, pretty safe sort of content. This open letter from Jana Partners and the California Teachers Retirement System actually cites some studies which have got some pretty interesting stuff in them. One I'm going to just quote from the, the open letter. A study conducted recently by the Centre on Media and Child Health at the University of Alberta in Canada found that 67% of over 2,300 teachers surveyed observed that the number of students who are negatively distracted by digital technologies in the classroom is growing and 75% say students' ability to focus on educational tasks has decreased. In the past three to five years since personal technologies have entered the classroom, 90% stated that the number of students with emotional challenges has increased and 86% said the number with social challenges has increased. One junior high teacher noted that I see youth who used to go outside at lunch break and engage in physical activity and socialization. Today, many of our students sit all lunch hour and play on their personal devices. So this is that isolating mm. antisocial effect yeah. of, uh, of using uh, these devices. I'd probably like to see other studies that which corroborate this so that it's not a, uh, a causation or a, you know maybe it's a correlation. Mm. So that, you know, there's always that with uh, any scientific experience. You want to recheck the data to make sure it's true because what else is happening in the environment are the kids actually watching too much of the negative news stories which is also influencing their emotional state Uh, you know kids are growing up faster these days because of yes the technology at hand but are there other influences as well which could be you know conditioning you know their lifestyle there's other research that's cited in this open letter u.s teenagers who spend three hours a day or more on electronic devices are 35 percent more likely and those who spend five hours or more are 71% more likely to have a risk factor for suicide than those who spend less than one hour. Research also shows that eighth graders who are heavy users of social media have a 27% higher risk of depression, while those who exceed the average time spent playing sports, hanging out with friends in person or doing homework have a significantly lower risk. A study by UCLA researchers showed that after five days at a device-free outdoor camp, children performed far better on tests for empathy than a control group. You know, you can cherry pick statistics, you can cherry pick mm-hmm. research and data and stuff. I just think that this is highlighting an issue and, and it is about, it. it is absolutely, as you said, it's about education and parents taking responsibility. Mm-hmm. And if that means, you know, I'll set timers to say, okay, you get 15 minutes yep. and that's it. And then I'm taking the device and putting it away. This is a regular source of tension. This is a regular source of arguments and rebellion. Mm-hmm. You know, I just see that it's the only way because I just see so much more good coming out of either reading a story to a child mm-hmm. or having the child read the story themselves and keeping that flow of 
books, mm-hmm. that traditional thing that we've all grown up with, that tried and tested thing that's been around for thousands of years, really, I just see that as the, the foundation and cornerstone of a developing mind. Because what is the conditioning that's happening now? If children as young as 10 have full access to a mobile device, maybe with some basic restrictions on there, mm. but they're spending many, many hours a day on the device, what's it going to be like in, in 10 years or 20 years? Because it is addictive. I'm not denying that whatsoever. I find it very addictive. The, my phone is always on me or next to the bed on all the time and I will regularly check it or it could be watching a TV show and, and turning it on. So I've developed that that use but somebody that's much younger and much more impressionable, what does that mean for their future in terms of smart devices and then what their life will be in the, in the future when not only phones that are becoming you know part of our daily lives, there's smart watches, glasses, other sort of additions to, to bodies that they connect in and we hear all the time of stolen data or hacked data. So what does that mean for the more data that we make available online um, to, to your personal life? What, what happens to that? Yep. So lots of questions about this. And I'm not sure there's a lot of answers either. Education, yes, a main one, and responsibility from the parents. But th- there comes a, a point where you know it's, it can't be isolated to just those two. My personal opinion, and I'd be very interested to hear from listeners what they think about this, they can go to our website, beyondinfinity.com.au. You can find email links. You can contact us through social media as well my take on it is that particularly in schools i just don't believe that they should have a place they shouldn't be allowed to to people shouldn't be allowed to take their own iphone or smartphone mm-hmm. into the classroom and be using it yeah. during a classroom it might be a little there's a little box next to the teacher's desk where everyone checks their phones in, puts them on silent checks them into there mm-hmm. Schools are already using iPads for educational uh, purposes anyway for submitting homework and all that sort of stuff. So they're still getting their hands on devices, Mm -hmm. but just maybe not their own phone that's connected to social media that may, depending on restrictions, may give them unfettered access to the internet. I just see that that is not compatible with the goals of educating kids, particularly young children. The amount of time that you waste on these things, for example, if you're sitting on public transport, rather than reading, it used to be that people read a book or the newspaper on Mm -hmm. public transport. Now they're usually on their smartphone. Mm -hmm. And it's just to while away a few minutes while they're waiting to get somewhere. So they're not really engaged in something important. And often your ability to retain all this information you're exposed to constantly is actually not that great. So stuff goes in and out much more. You've got to do something with the data at the time for it to kind of be really embedded in your Mm -hmm. head or cross-reference it or do further Google searches or whatever relating to a subject before you really start to get it into your mind. This program is not a great example because we covered a lot of material over an extended period of time. We've got, I think there's 400 podcasts from this program that are on our website and on iTunes and Stitcher and elsewhere. I have an idea of most of them because they've they've been edited, they've, their descriptions have been written. The more that you engage actively on a kind of yep. um, interactive basis with information, the more chance you've got of actually absorbing it. Whereas all this kind of very, very superficial exposure that you have via a news feed and, and clicking on something and then you see something else you know that the clickbait down the bottom which takes you somewhere else and then you you've lost track of what you're actually on and you find yourself somewhere completely different it's entertaining and it's amusing but it's it's, it's old, lived it's yeah. time wasting yeah. it's it really is I, I actually would like to see some kind of initiative whether that's at a, a local level or a higher government level it's some kind of you know get off your phone day or leave mm. your phone at home mm. because I, I do see that it's not only kids these days but mm. there's there's plenty of people and you know, my age much older as well well, mm. that spend 
too much time on their devices. Yep. And I find at times it is draining. It's it mentally draining. I might go to bed late, but I might be on the phone for half an hour to an hour, mm. and therefore I'm losing out on that hour's sleep. So there, I would like to see some kind of uh, you know get off the phone, even if it was some sort of retreat that was happening where you can get away for a few days. Mm. You know, one of the phone free retreat. Yeah, look, look, one of the best and worst things that happened late last year. I was away on holiday. I fell over. I damaged my phone. It got uh, saturated in water, and I couldn't use it for a week. I was traveling with without a phone. Fortunately, I had other people that you know with me that I could utilize their phone for mm. navigation, etc. Mm. But it was it was actually really refreshing, not carrying around the device on me. Now that the phone's fixed, I'm back to it. But it was actually it was such a relief to the, like, oh, I'll just enjoy the experience enjoy where i'm going so yeah. it would be nice to see something like that and, and for an insight you know people of a particular generation just don't know what it was like to live in a world without having a smart device in your pocket all the time but even people of our age you've got to cast your mind back to prior to 2007 the yeah. ad, the introduction of the iphone and then all the other phones that that followed from that to actually think about what your life was like okay people had mobile phones mobile phones could be used for texting and phone calls they were a bit more expensive to use mm-hmm. so people tended not to just gas bag on the phone unnecessarily they used them for more essential things there was snake on the phone as well i think people so that used was the game that yeah was that's yeah. right or tetris yeah people would use landlines in preference to mobiles because they generally were cheaper and unmetered now it's the opposite now using a mobile phone is much cheaper than using a landline Mm -hmm. but that's kind of a way of getting an insight and think what your life was like before you had a smart device in your pocket carried around with you 24 7 on all the time forget the privacy issues but what was your life like how did you get by look there were some negative aspects that i look at now and think oh i got lost i couldn't find this person because i but then you probably knew how to read a map i knew but it could have been that uh, i was you know in a shopping center a large shopping center and they were on the other side and it's like there was nowhere to contact that Mm. person personal mm. people mm. to then get to them and mm. now it's just okay you know text them or whatsapp them and, mm. and where are you or meet mm. here or mm. get on the phone or share the location with google map so in certain situations obviously there's a huge benefit. there are massive, massive benefits benefit. that no one can deny that these are hugely powerful devices the ability to look up information you know that's you know you're having an interesting discussion with a group of people oh let's google that and find the answer to that it can progress things instead of things being uncertain you actually can get an accurate answer but, but the, i guess the challenge is for the listener look at the last 24 hours of use on your mobile device Mm. and how much of that was an essential item versus how much was social media or um, basic entertainment that you've not retained and essentially you could look at that and going wasted time could that time been better spent reading a book reading a book walking the dog getting out there and riding a bike or doing something which would be beneficial maybe to your education Mm. Uh, it could still be watching a youtube video but was that beneficial to actually your education Mm. so and and look i'm guilty of this myself i waste lots of time no denying that I'm, Mm. I'm, i'm a statistic as part of this mm. um, but i do consider what if i put the phone down for an hour or two hours and mm. walk away from it mm. and do something completely different mm. it's a hard thing to get around now just coming back to apple's reply to all this they've said that they've got built-in restrictions and other measures into the ios that allow parents to take control and to limit access for kids Apple keeps offensive content such as pornography out of its curated platform so you don't have stuff on the App Store and it clearly labels apps, movies and songs to allow parents to judge age appropriateness. This is according to a statement from Apple. The company has promised to add new, more robust features and functionality to its parents' controls in the future. Some extra steps that may be considered in future or that will be considered in future to 
address this issue because it is a serious issue and every parent around the whole world and really every person who uses a smart device, I don't think this just applies to kids. This applies to adults as well. Mm. This is a, a big shift that's happened in the world. We need to be aware of, of what the appropriate uses and appropriate limits and, and how to most appropriately integrate these devices into a healthy lifestyle. That's really the, the bottom line. Thanks for listening. And head to beyondinfinity.com.au for the best bits from the live show or to connect with us on social media. We welcome your feedback and suggestion for future shows.